for the next three weeks, we have four Wednesdays left in this month. The last Wednesday, no, we're not having services. That's after Christmas and before New Year's. So the next three, um, we're going to be focusing on Moses and Jesus. You know, this is Christmas time. We're supposed to focus on Jesus and his birth. But I want to do it in a different way. I want to look at how Moses, let's focus, Moses and Jesus connect. And how these two guys, like there's, there's a big connection and it's, it's good for us to know. And there's certain things that we can learn from it and live from it and do blah, 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 blah. Make sense? So far, so good? So anyway, we went through Genesis over the last three months. Not that Genesis. She's still alive. We didn't go through her. She would be dead. Um, no, we, we studied the book of Genesis on Sundays and on Wednesdays for a long time. And, and you know, it starts out Genesis 1 through 11. If you were here Sunday, I briefly talked about it. You know, that sets up the whole Bible. It shows how, you know, God, you know, sets us up, puts us in a good place. We rebel, we fall, we mess up, we spiral out of control. We say we're sorry. God re- brings us back, puts us back in the right place. Then we mess up again. And it sets, it sets up the story that God is continually trying to get somebody to help us out, to bring us back in the right place. But all these people don't measure up. The whole book of the rest of Genesis is about that, about how God is going to fix all of the mess that we made. We're finally getting into Exodus. Sunday morning, we'll start in the book of Exodus, and we're going to start tonight as well. Um, and so here's, here's kind of the, the introduction to Exodus. Um, you know, Joseph was the last person we talked about. Joseph and all of his brothers, they moved to Egypt because Joseph was the big boss there, the second in command, Pharaoh's second in command. And, and all of his generation, Joseph, all of his they died. Sad story. Moves on. And it says that the Israelites, they grew, they increased, they multiplied, they became extremely numerous, that there were so many of them that the land, Egypt, was filled with them. And a new king who did not know Joseph came to power in Egypt. So, so there's this new pharaoh. This is 400 years after Joseph. We're pretty close. 400 years past the Israelites, they grow into a huge number. And this pharaoh guy doesn't like the Israelites. Because he says, look, the Israelite people are more numerous and powerful. They look cooler. They're better. They're cool. They don't smell like we do. I don't know. Come, let's deal shrewdly with them. Otherwise, they will multiply further. And when the war breaks, when war breaks out, they'll join our enemies and they'll fight against us and they'll leave the country. And then I'll be sad. So the Egyptians assigned taskmasters over the Israelites to oppress them with forced labor. They built Pithom and Ramesses, whatever, as supply cities for Pharaoh. So forced labor, slavery. So this is where we pick up in um, in Exodus, that they're oppressed, that even though they were oppressed, they were still multiplying. And so the Egyptians, man, did all that they could. They, they drove, they, they beat them even more. They made them do more work and more work and more work. They worked the Israelites ruthlessly, uh, made their lives bitter and difficult and labor, brick and mortar and all kinds of field work. They were ruthlessly imposed all, all this work on them. So that's kind of where we pick up, okay? That's like the introduction to Exodus, okay? Well, along comes Moses, and I have a very important question. What is Moses known for? Parting the Red Sea. What? Stone. What about the stone? Commandments. Oh, yeah, the Ten Commandments. Yep. What else? He killed a guy. The plagues. What else? 
What is Moses famous for? Yeah, he had a fancy staff that did really cool things. Excuses. He made excuses. His mom, yeah, as a children, as a child, his mom had to put him in a river to save him. Why? He wasn't. They, his mom wasn't killing him. They were killing all the babies. The Egyptian king was killing all the boy babies. What? Who else was in a weird thing like that? Jesus. During Jesus' day, he had to. His parents had to take him as a baby and run to Egypt. Ironic, Egypt. Moses was in Egypt because there. So there's some connections. Is what I'm trying to show you between Moses and Jesus. We'll talk about more. What else is Moses famous for? Anything else? What? Freeing, bring them out of. Yep, being the leader. Follow me, you won't die. What? What? 120 years. Desert, wilderness. He led them through the wilderness. How long? 40 years. Yep, there's this whole golden cow episode where rage. Manna, I think is what you're getting at. He never saw the promised land. That's good. What else? A fire from heaven, yep, the and the cloud, the burning bush, yep. What? Yeah, there's this moment where he had to hold his arms up and the staff up, and if he didn't, they started losing in battle. And then, you know, yeah, so there's that story. Yeah, he he got to a point where he his face would glow uh, because he hung out with God so much. So there's a lot of things Moses is known for. And, and some of them, like usually when you ask, what is Moses known for? You only get through like the first 15 chapters in Exodus. That's, you know, the, the burning bush. He led the Israelites out the Red Sea. And well, well, what else did he do? We talked about the Ten Commandments. But that's just Exodus. There's four other, three other books that's involved with Moses. If you, if you look over here, we have Genesis. This is where we started. See what I'm doing? <laughs> Genesis. So, so this is where everything started, is Genesis. We learned about Genesis, all this. Length of time happened. We have Exodus. And, you know, over 40 years, Moses is raised in Egypt that's like the first two chapters in Exodus. The next 40 years, Moses runs away from Egypt. And then the final 40 years, he's leading the Israelites through. And that's not even like, that's just part of, that's part of Exodus. Really, you get 81 years of Moses' life here. Then you have the book of Leviticus. Time-wise, it's extremely short. Like, this is, this is really short. This is just a list uh, of the commands and the ways that the Israelites were supposed to live, to act. So not much happened. Like Moses just talked about it. He wrote all this stuff down. Lots of time, short time. Then he come to Numbers, about halfway through Numbers. So you, they got out of Israel, uh, Egypt, and then they went to this mountain in the middle of Exodus, Exodus 19. And then the rest of Exodus are at this mountain. And until Numbers 12, so you go from here, the end of ex- Exodus, through this whole book to here, only a year has passed. And then you have this little section here where 40 years pass. 
It's just a few chapters where the Israelites disobey. They do something really bad. And so they wander the desert for 40 years. And then the story continues. Then you come to Deuteronomy. Again, not much time passes. This is just a book of of not as much stories as it is laws and uh, commandments and different things like that. Just pretend this is standing up if it falls over. But that kind of gives you a visual of, of what's going on, where we're at in the story of the Bible and in the story of Moses. And so that's kind of, again, the introduction to where Moses is at, what he was famous for. Um, but over the next few weeks, as it's Christmas time and as we start to explore Exodus and just kick off the story of Moses, I want to look at the connections on Wednesday nights. I want to look at the connections between Moses and Jesus. We identified one already, that they were both had very interesting baby escaping death stories. Um, but there's a whole lot more, and I want to talk about that. Did you know that Moses, again, he was raised by Egyptians, and again, Jesus, he had to go to to Egypt as a child and be raised in Egypt, just like Moses was. Um, and then I, we talked about the baby point part, and we, we, we're going to talk about why that's important. We're going to come back to the baby story in a couple weeks. Um, but I want to start with, with uh, you know, Moses was a guy that he did all these things that we talked about, and then he had that short little section, 40 years, where he led a grumbling people, a bunch of complainers for 40 years. Have you ever been part of a team and your team complains? Yes. The last thing you want to do is be part of that team in that moment. Yes. Moses stayed part of the team. He led that team. He put up with that team. He encouraged, he helped, sometimes disciplined that team for 40 years. That's pretty impressive. You know, we look at Moses' story and we see the, the Exodus part. We see the leaving Egypt, the Red Sea but we stopped seeing who Moses is after that point. We saw that he complained, he made excuses, and he, he messed up. He killed at one point. But this Moses guy actually turns out to be really, really high in the view of everybody. So, so let's kind of explore this. I'm going to run through a lot of scripture tonight. Um, and really, we're going to do a lot of scripture over the next several weeks. Um, but Moses was considered the greatest of all time. He was, he was considered the greatest prophet that ever lived. He even said at one point um, in Deuteronomy 18, he said, look, I know y'all think I'm great, but God's going to raise up another prophet like me from among, among your own brothers, and you must listen to him. Like, there's going to be somebody else that's greater than me. And so what, who came after Moses? What's the next book that's not out here? Because I got tired of making printouts. To... Joshua was next. He was the next prophet. What did he do? What is Joshua famous for? Yep, Jericho. Took over Jericho. Anything else that he's famous for? Yep, Jericho. What else? Anything else that you can think of? There was this moment where he was fighting the battle, and he asked God, hey, make the sun stand still. And he, the sun, like time stopped. And this battle carried on until it was finished. Time didn't continue on. That was another story of Joshua. Well, he, he, uh, he also split the waters in the Jordan River. Um, he was part of that story. There's a lot of things Joshua did. He actually battled 32 kings and their kingdoms and won. 32 armies and won. But Joshua wasn't greater than Moses. It says in De- Deuteronomy 34, this is probably during the time 
uh, of Joshua or even after when this was written, it actually says that there's no prophet that has arisen again in Israel that was like Moses. Because Moses knew the Lord face to face, he was unparalleled for all the signs and wonders that the Lord sent him to do against the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh, to all of his officials, to all the land, and for all the mighty acts of power and terrifying deeds that Moses performed in the sight of all of Israel. That Moses was a big deal. Joshua did a lot of cool things, wasn't as good as Moses. There's a lot of people who came after Joshua. What's the next book? Judges. Judges. So a lot of characters. Who's one of the most famous judges? She's second famous. Think of the long-haired guy that was really cool and strong, like me. Yeah, Samson, exactly. (laughs) So Samson, we have Gideon, we have uh, Deborah, right? Yeah, Deborah. I just want to make sure. (laughs) That was funny. Anyway, there's a lot of judges. They're all prophets. They're all people sent by God to help lead. Some of them did bad. Some of them did good. But you have a lot of prophets. Who are some other famous prophets? Jonah. Jonah. There you go. Good one. Think of the books in the Bible that nobody usually reads. The little prophets at the back. What? No, that, that, that's close. But uh, what? Micah. There's actually a Micah. Exactly. So we have Jonah, Daniel. Um, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and you have Nahum, uh, Nehemiah, um, you know, other people. There's plenty of other prophets. Apparently, all of them weren't as cool as Moses. You could even consider David a prophet, maybe. He was, he was, he was a king, but according to Scripture, nobody's ever stepped up like Moses has. And that's kind of important. And so over time, Moses said, like, hey, there's somebody else coming that's greater than me. And so over time, the anticipation, the expectation, the excitement for somebody as cool as Moses, that that grew. That anticipation is grew. And so if somebody's supposed to come that's as good as Moses, we need to know what does it mean to be as good as Moses? Like what kind of template, what kind of pattern did Moses set up? I want to look at a few things. Exodus uh, 3 says that the Lord said, man, I've observed the misery of my people and I've heard them crying out because of their oppressors. I know about their sufferings. Um, I've come down to rescue them out of the power of the Egyptians and to bring them into the land that I promised them, the good and spacious land, the land filling with flowing with milk and honey, the territory of all those weird names right there. Yeah, I don't know. So because the Israelites' cry for help has come to me, I have also seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. Because of all that, I'm sending you so that you may lead the people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So the first little aspect of, of what we're looking for, this new great prophet, is a deliverer. Somebody that's going to save. Somebody that's going to save. Let's look at another one. Moses was also somebody who was a ruler. He's recognized the ruler. It says, you know, this is the part where he kind of messed up, but he, he addressed his brothers, his Hebrew brothers, Israelite brothers fighting, and he asked, hey, why are you attacking your neighbor? And the one that was attacking said, who made you a commander and judge over us? Even before he was the, the, leading the people out of Israel, they saw him as a kind of leader. That may, maybe they didn't like him as a leader. But there was this view that he was a a kind of leader, um, a ruler. Another one, he was also recognized as a priest, being the mediator for bringing the instruction, the relationship, the, the covenant 
relationship to the people. Exodus 33.11 says, The Lord would speak with Moses face to face, just as a man... Oh, I'm on the wrong one. I was like, what? That's not right. The Lord also said to Moses, Write down these words, for I've made a covenant with you and with Israel based on these words. So again, he's bringing instruction to the people, but also... Moses was also a priest. He would help the people get close with God, fix the relationship between. So we have Moses as a deliverer, Moses as a ruler, Moses as a priest. Um, And then we also had Moses as a friend of God. He showed the kind of relationship we ought to have. It said that Moses would speak to God face to face. Showing you the kind of, he would speak just as a man speaks with his friend. And then Moses would return to the camp. Joshua was there. This is when Moses' face would be shining. That Moses was a friend of God. So we have him as a deliverer, a priest, a ruler, a friend of God. This is the template that Moses left for whoever's going to take his place. And apparently Joshua, he did a lot of good things, but he wasn't quite Moses. Nehemiah or Jonah or Daniel or Samuel or Samson or any of these other prophets didn't quite get there like Moses did. They might have hit some of these things, but they weren't, man, a deliverer, a priest, a ruler, and a friend of God. Acts 7, this is the story of Stephen, the first martyr. He starts talking about Moses, and he says, Look, this Moses who the people rejected, when they said, Who appointed you a ruler and judge? This is the one God sent as a ruler and deliverer through the angel who appeared to him in the bush. This man led them out and performed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and at the Red Sea and in the wilderness for 40 years. This is the Moses who said to the Israelites, God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your brothers. See, again, Moses was the greatest of all time. He was the greatest prophet of all time. But he said that there would be somebody like me that would be greater. Keep, stick with me. Hang on. We're, we're, we're getting through this. Um, Jeremiah talks about how the Lord sent all of his servants. He sent so many other prophets. We have several books uh, 15 books by prophets in the last ending, I think it's 15, at the end of the Old Testament. Maybe it's 17. Yeah, for 15. I don't know why I'm thinking 17 all of a sudden. That guy messed me up because there's, anyway. But uh, 15 other guys, that's not counting all the judges. That's not counting Joshua. That's not counting David. All these other people he sent. There's so many prophets. That's not even counting the ones that didn't get to write their own book. Maybe they didn't know how to write, but they were still a prophet for God. In Elijah's story, you actually hear about a bunch of other prophets. They weren't as cool as Elijah. They were hiding, but there's so many other. So there's all these prophets that God sent, but nobody listened to him. It's like sending a youth pastor to a youth group and y'all don't listen to me. But y'all do. Y'all are a good youth group. I'm so proud of y'all. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, just nod your head. I'm giving you a compliment. Yep, yep. Um, Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. So over and over again, there's all these prophets, but they don't quite measure up to Moses. They don't quite deliver in the way Moses did or teach in the way or act as priests and rulers or, or know God. As, you know, they might hit some of those, but they don't hit it all. Like, like Moses was a big character. You, know, you think of all the stories you know, but there's a whole 40 years, 
All he did was lead and talk to God. Imagine how much growth you would experience in 40 years. You know, half the story that we read, the stories that we know, happened in a short amount of time. Moses was a big, big deal. A big, big deal. So you have the whole Old Testament. And again, I didn't have enough books to do that, so we'll get there one day. But you have the whole Old Testament. At the end of the Old Testament, anybody know how much time is in between uh, the last book of the Bible and the first book of the New Testament? 400 years. Between the Old Testament and New Testament. A time of silence. No more prophets is what it's kind of called. So all these people God was sending, it got really quiet. There were still people that loved God, still people that talked about God, would pray with God, have a relationship with God, but God didn't send anybody like Moses at this time. And then a mysterious and odd character showed up. He had a very crazy, unique birth story. He was a crazy, unique guy, and some even called him a prophet. Who is it? Trick question, it's not Jesus. John the Baptist. Jesus also was a crazy, unique guy, had a crazy, unique birth story. In fact, go read John the Baptist's birth story. It's really interesting, too. His dad was serving at church pretty much in the temple, saw an angel, got freaked out. Um, The angel's like, hey, you're going to have a baby. He's like, it's impossible for us to have a baby right now. And he's like, look, because you doubted, you can't talk until your baby's born. So he was stuck. He, He couldn't talk anymore for nine months. Because that's how long it takes to have a baby. Yeah, it'd be great for a lot of us if some of y'all couldn't talk. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. But you have John the Baptist. He's the first prophet since Malachi. And, and he raised a lot of questions. John, this is John's testimony, John the Baptist's testimony. When the Jews from Jerusalem, they sent priests, they sent Levites, they sent all these official people to ask him, hey, who are you? And he didn't deny it, but confessed, look, I'm not the Messiah. What then? Who are you? They asked. Are you Elijah? No, I'm not Elijah. Are you, are you the prophet? The prophet. Again, Moses was talking about there's going to be a prophet that's going to rise up. And for hundreds and hundreds of years, all these prophets showed up, but they weren't the prophet. These guys are like, are you the guy? Apparently, John the Baptist was a pretty big deal. We don't see much of his story, but he was a big deal. But he wasn't the biggest deal. He wasn't the prophet. He said, no, I'm not the prophet. Who are you then? They asked. We need to give an answer to those who sent us. We need to know who you are. What can you tell us about yourself? Well, first, my name's John. No, no. He said, no, I'm a voice of the one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, just as Isaiah the prophet said. He was paving a path. He also said um, um, in, in Matthew 3, he's like, look, I baptize you with water for repentance, but there's somebody that's coming after me, more powerful than me, and I'm not even worthy to touch his shoes, to untie his shoelaces or sandal laces or whatever they are. Straps, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, details, details. But he said he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. John 1, 29 says that the next day John was hanging out and he saw Jesus coming towards him, and he said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Here's what's interesting is John the Baptist, again, was a big deal, but Jesus, who's a bigger deal, and we'll get to that, we know that. We already know where I'm going with this. 
Jesus didn't start his ministry until John's ended. It's kind of interesting. John got arrested, and that's when Jesus started. We've been watching the second season of The Chosen in our young adult group, and they did a good job with this. They, they show John the Baptist, they show Jesus. You know, Jesus does some really cool things, but the whole season's building up to this big Sermon on the Mount, and we'll talk about that next week. But Jesus didn't do that until John was arrested. You follow the book of Matthew. John is introduced, Jesus is introduced, John's ministry is introduced. Then John gets arrested, and that's when Jesus starts. It's this picture, this idea that something really great was happening, but it's come to an end so that something even greater can start. Something even greater can start. Jesus was the prophet that they'd been waiting for. John 6. Nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Jesus is doing all these miracles, and it says that, that, man, when the people saw this, when the people saw everything that Jesus was doing, let's, let's look. It said that they truly, that this is truly the prophet. This is the guy. This has to be the new Moses we've been waiting for, who's come into the world. This has to be the guy. Acts 3, read this with me. It says, friends, I realize that, that what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance, but God was fulfilling all that the prophets had foretold about the Messiah and that he must suffer these things, you know, talking about Jesus' death. Now repent of your sins, turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. And then times of refreshing, times of refreshment will come from the Lord. Come from the presence of the Lord, and he will again send you, Jesus, your appointed Messiah, for he must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things, as God promised long ago again through his holy prophets. But Moses, we're talking about Moses again. See, this is New Testament. This is Peter talking, and all of a sudden he's talking about Moses again. Moses said, look, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me, like Moses, from among your own people. Listen carefully to everything he tells you. And then Moses said, anyone who will not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from God's people. Jesus was the guy. See, there's a lot of people, non-Christians even, that consider Jesus to be a prophet. There's a lot of non-Christian historians and scholars that are like, Jesus was a real guy. There's enough evidence to prove that, that Jesus existed. Even Muslim uh, 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 leaders, they even saw Jesus as a prophet. The difference is, is we see him as the prophet, greater than a prophet. That he's more than just another guy bringing a word from God. Jesus was more than a, a prophet. He was the new Moses, a greater Moses. Jesus did more than deliver humans from slavery. He delivered the world from death itself. Jesus did more than bring a word of intercession, of, of trying to help people get close to God. He brought, he was the all-powerful word of God himself. He was God himself. And through his, him and through his word, there's salvation. He brought God to them and them to God. Jesus was more than just a ruler, more than just the king of the Jews. He's the all-sovereign ruler, king, and creator. Jesus was more than just a friend of God. Jesus is the Son of God, God himself. This was the prophet, and he had shown up. Look, look at these last few scriptures with me. Oh, yep, Jesus did all that better. That's what I, was, what I was saying. But look at these last scriptures with me. 
Hebrews. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors, all these people that are dead now, by the prophets at different times and in different ways. And in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. The son is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation expression of his nature, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And after making purification for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Keep looking at this with me. Hebrews 3. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in a heavenly calling, is talking to us here, we share in this heavenly calling. Consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession. He was faithful. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all of God's household. For Jesus is considered worthy of more glory than Moses, just as the builder has more honor than the house. Now every house is built by someone, but the one who built everything is God. Moses was faithful as a servant in all of God's household and everything that God told him to do as a testimony to what would be said in the future. But Christ was faithful as a son over his household. And we are, and we are that household. That we are the body of Christ, the church of Christ, the, the, the house of God. And Jesus was faithful to us to save us, to connect us, to form us. And so if we hold on to the confidence and the hope that which we boast, man, we're in a good spot. John 1, 14-17, it said, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That's what Christmas is all about. Jesus came and dwelt among us. We observed His glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And John, again, John the Baptist, testified concerning him, exclaimed that this is the one whom I said that is coming after me, ranks ahead of me. He's that much better because he existed before me. Indeed, we've all received grace upon grace. I'm not pushing the button, am I? We've all received grace upon grace from his fullness. And look at this. Again, the law was given through Moses, a really good thing to help people, to help connect with God again because they messed that up. But grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. A greater grace. A greater truth. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Classic. Classic. Something we know. But do we hold on to it? See, the new, this new Moses, this prophet, the prophet, let's focus. He came into the world as a baby. He offered and he offers us life and he invites us all to follow him out of death into life. Jesus is the prophet, nothing less and so much more. And in a world where there's so many prophets, so many people trying to say, hey, I have the truth, listen to me, who are you going to listen to? If there's so many people claiming to know what's right and wrong and this is what we should be doing, this is what we shouldn't be doing and, and this is how you ought to live your life. There's a lot of people trying to proclaim a truth. Who are you going to listen to? If Moses was the greatest of all time, the speaker of truth, the bringer of the message of God, the bringer of all that was good, and Jesus is better than that, who are you going to listen to? Who have you been listening to? Are you listening to outside voices? Are you listening to your own little kingdom, your own little rule? 
you know, the, the, we, we talked about singing, uh, and we might later on, we just picked a few for today. We talked about singing um, Build Your Kingdom Here, a song that we've all sung before. But what that means is if we want God's kingdom to come and rule, we have to surrender our own kingdom. We have to put our selfish desires aside and allow Jesus to be the springer of truth, the deliverer, the, the priest, the high priest, the ultimate priest, the guy that's going to get us right with God because man, he is God. In a world of competing prophets, those who claim to have truth, who are you going to listen to? Who are you going to follow? Father God, I just thank you for this opportunity that we've had just to look at Scripture. Man, I know it's a crazy time of the year. You know, school is crazy. It never stops being crazy. There's a lot of things going on. We're tired. We're worn out. We're sick of some things. We want to do some other things. But God, thank you for the opportunity for us to stop, to ignore everything else going on, and just focus on you for a moment. Help us to see this connection between Moses and Jesus and what that means about who Jesus is. How that lifts Jesus' identity and work even higher. Help it to help us to worship better. When we talk about how he is mighty to save, Moses led hundreds of thousands of people out of slavery, and Jesus is mightier than that. Help us hold on to our faith, to work it out with fear and trembling, to, to work out and accept truth and to accept your love so that we can bring that truth and love to others. Help us see this Christmas connection between these two individuals, Moses and Jesus, and help us to see our place in all of that. God, there's so many voices yelling at us to do something. Help us to listen, to strive, to pursue your voice and your voice alone. Whatever it takes. Whether that means picking up our Bible or, or the Bible app or, or just sitting down and purposely praying and just talking with you or, or, or going out of our way to be intentionally kind to others or, man, finding a way to just worship, whether it's quiet or with music or whatever or, or through service or through just sharing Jesus or through, man, just, uh, 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 just giving thanks, being thankful for things. There's so many ways we can just draw toward, draw, to, draw close to your voice. Help us to do that. Who are we going to listen to, God? Help us to reflect on that question. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.